0: From 809 Restaurant and Lounge on Dykeman Street in the heart of Inwood in New York City, welcome to Inwood Artworks on Air, where we shine a light on the writers, filmmakers, musicians, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home here in Upper Manhattan. I'm Aaron Sims. And I'm Jonathan Bell. And this is Live and Local. It's our podcast dedicated to showcasing and celebrating the musicians of Upper Manhattan. We talk about their work and best of all, hear them do their thing. Who's our guest today, Jonathan?
1: Aaron today, live and local, welcomes Miguel Tejada. Miguel began his musical life as a classical pianist studying under the famed Cuban teacher, Ilda Melis Gress in his hometown of Santiago in the Dominican Republic. While still in his youth and already an accomplished pianist, Miguel's attention turned to jazz. In 2007, he was awarded a full scholarship to Boston's Berklee College of Music, where he studied jazz composition and arrangement with Joanne Brackeen. Since then, he's played with many jazz luminaries, and his compositions have been praised for their masterful use of salsa, merengue, boleros, samba, and western classical music all within a jazz framework that prizes improvisation, ingenuity, invention, spontaneity. His Rembiando received the National Music Prize, awarded by the Dominican Republic's Ministry of Culture. It's a thrill to have him here with us today on Live and Local.
0: And here he is, Miguel Tejada. Miguel, that was wonderful. Thank you so much. And welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. First, will you tell us the names of the two compositions you just played?
2: Sure. Thank you, guys, for the invitation. Uh, Jonathan, Aaron, and the great team that you have in here. I'm very pleased to be here. Thank you. So the, the first song I played, it's called Andrea, uh, Andrea, which is like um, influenced by the waltz, by the European waltz and Caribbean waltzes. And the second one, it's Countdown by John Coltrane, a set of variations that I improvised there.
1: Well, to be honest with you, Miguel, it's kind of hard for me to know where to start because of just all of the, um, the worlds that seem to be covered in mm-hmm. your, your playing. My mind was going to Brazil, to Poland, <laughs> Chopin, you know, Chopin-esque yeah, right. moments, uh, Ravel, mm-hmm. um, The Caribbean, the American Songbook, Bill Evans types of voicings. It's just a lot to take in, but it, it's mm-hmm. its a very unique voice you have. Is there something that you can say along those lines about how you have taken so many threads to create a voice such as the one you have?
2: Jonathan, that's, a, that's um, very flattering. But let me tell you, I think that everything at the end of the day came Kind of like organic in you know, an organic way, as you mentioned. I started as a classical pianist, right? So I was playing Chopin, as you mentioned, uh, Ravel, all that, Beethoven. So uh, then I decided to explore jazz, improvisation, and all these colors, those voicings, that freedom that that jazz gives you. So, and because I'm from the Caribbean, I think that I started to heard all these melodies, notes, rhythms together, and I started to realize that, well, you know, I should take advantage of my classical background and not just play jazz in a traditional way and try to use my left hand more, uh, sort of a more rhythmic approach and also melodic approach there, and trying to say something that kind of like belonged to everybody. You know, if I go to Europe, maybe, they will feel like, oh, that sounds like, the first song sounds like a European waltz sometimes. But in a sense, I wanted something that sounded like from everywhere. It could be from anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time being true to my roots and the things that I was learning along the way. That transition from
0: classical to your own voice in jazz, did that have something to do with moving from Santiago to Boston in 2007?
2: I, I started to learn jazz way back. I just loved the music, and I remember a friend of mine that put these records of Key Jarrett singing uh, you know, while playing. I was like, what is this? But I realized that he was a classical trained guy. A musician, so I I started to realize that well, you know, I might try to do this. Uh, I didn't know how to improvise, but definitely after this uh, scholarship I was granted in in Boston, Berkeley, I was totally hooked. And the teachers there just show me what what this language was was really, you know, about.
0: I couldn't help uh, noticing, and maybe Jonathan, you can say this as well, is when you actually play, your voice comes out through your fingers, and yet you can see your mouth moving and your and your yeah. your whole body speaking. Um, mm-hmm. So it's wonderful to see that the keyboard is just an extension of you as the instrument.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what Coco, my voice, is. Just trying different things, trying to mix it up. But at the same time, there is something that definitely speaks, you know, in my mind. Like, you know, you already know this, you already train in this ways. You love musicians like Bill Evans, for example. I love saxophone players, Coltrane, Charlie Parker, you know. And the voice, actually, the actual voice helps to connect while you play these lines. Uh, And again, more organic way it's not so much thinking it's more like feeling it's more like singing actually you know when you see singers they are so relaxed because they just play or sing from the heart so that's what I'm trying also to do when I play and the phrasing. And the phrasing yeah, and yeah. try to listen to every yeah, note yeah. that's something important in jazz
1: i want to pick up a little bit on keith jarrett mm-hmm. because he's a real long form improviser and one of the things that i thought about especially in the first piece mm-hmm. but with chopin in particular i was thinking of the polonaise fantasy
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: some of his longer and also i don't know if you're familiar with the schumann c Absolutely. major fantasy Absolutely. okay Absolutely. so i kept thinking of the fantasy form yeah. the long long form fantasy form yeah. and I was like that's how I would describe mm-hmm. a little bit how you structure your pieces to me the form is really where mm-hmm. a lot of your as well as the left hand like the activity mm-hmm. of your left hand the counterpoint mm-hmm. but the form is like really where I hear mm-hmm. the classical yeah influence and that's exciting because mm-hmm. you don't get that longer narrative mm-hmm. type form in jazz very often. So that's really refreshing.
2: Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Sometimes in in some compositions in jazz tend to be very well structured, right? This is the melody. There's like a break or something that allows you to understand that, okay, the melody just finished. Now now there's, there's soloing. And then after that, the melody, the written melody comes out. So also form and structure it's very wide and open in classical music so that's another uh, let's say influence that i might have but also you might find it in other artists like Keith Jarrett, for example sure. he plays standards like all the things you are or or leaves but also he has this uh, free improvisations, which are like feels like sonata fantasy like that's right So it's like, okay, I'll open with this and then something else will come out. Oh, nice. That's cool. Let me just develop that. And then something else comes out and then, you know, you just go with the flow.
0: Well, Miguel, you have talked about so many influences that have affected you, including the teachers you had at Berkeley. You yourself teach, is that right? Mm-hmm. So can you talk about a little bit about what you've learned musically or otherwise from those teachers and influences, mm-hmm. and given our current state of affairs, what are you trying to instill in your students now and pass on to them?
2: That's a very good question, especially because jazz, it's more oral tradition. It's not so much about books. You learn from others, and... To me, I gotta say that that's what brought me to the States, to America, is the um, the way that all these traditions, classical music, African music, and also American, Americana music, get together and just create one single style that we call jazz nowadays. So with Joanne Burkine, for example, at Berkeley, I remember I uh, was in her class just trying to ask her some questions. Like, Oh, how can I play with rhythms that are not so common, like odd meters. We call it odd meters. And she said, like, oh, just play it. What do you mean just play? I need to understand it. No, no, right. no. Listen to me. And she played. And I was listening. I wasn't understanding anything. But what she wanted me to do, it's like don't think so much. You're having many thoughts you just try to open your ears and open to the moment what is happening and try to feel the groove you know in your whole body so that definitely affects me in the sense that it was a different very different approach so i'm pretty much trying to instill that organic way of teaching listening and playing to to my students also like you know what do you want to play? What do you want to learn? I, I rem- the other day, I was I was teaching a student about bebop. And I was like, you know, try to hurt, you know, black people in Harlem back in the days. Like like this grandpa in the corner, he was talking like, hey, you know, uh, it's like a way to talk, you know, to speak. That's bebop. So that's how Dizzy Gillespie explain it that bebop is an actual way to express to talk for black american uh, some uh, particular black american people
1: aaron we'd like i know to uh, hear some more absolutely music so my understanding is that you've got a couple more pieces for us
2: absolutely yeah so the third song is gonna be rumbeando which is the song uh granted National World of Music in in DR. That was my first award for a jazz composition. So it's it's like something that inspires me a lot to keep writing and doing stuff like that. And the last one, it's called Entre Copas, which is like between drinks when you are your sentimental partner just having a couple of drinks. Yeah. So it's very romantic in that sense. Once again, Miguel Tejada.
0: that was marvelous. Thank you.
1: Again, a lot of things to think about. I think I'll I'll ask you something about the through-composed quality of your music, given your background in classical music as well as jazz. What comes through to me is this sort of a meticulous quality of your compositions. Every note seems to have its purpose, its place. It's where it needs to be in a classical sense, but there are also these spaces which allow you to be free in terms of how you improvise. And I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit about how you do that.
2: Well, playing just by yourself is different than playing with a trio. You know, you can't take more licenses. So, yeah, absolutely. Once I have the ray music and I, you know, learn as the best I can, I try to create spaces where I can improvise just freely or at least in a way that is not as confining as the traditional setting would be. And um, those spaces help me to do different things every time. So it's, uh, it's more fun, right? So imagine like, yeah, now it's different, you know, we have this this uh, COVID reality, right? But in, uh, any given night I will play something and then if you come back, the next night I will do something that is totally different and in the same place or in different places. So th- that's something that I would love to keep exploring, you know, just writing some music but creating more spaces to create more spaces. Does it make sense? Like uh, in a live setting there is so much you can communicate you know and involve your audience and that's why those moments are more magical
1: well i, I certainly really have taken to the way you pull together the training as a classical pianist you know i heard you mm-hmm. <laughs> warming up with hand and exercises you know? <laughs> right, and that, right right that was kind of that tickled me a little bit to hear mm-hmm. that you know and so there's this like kind of perfectionism that mm-hmm. you have as a classical pianist and, mm-hmm. and also your yearning to find those places where you can like do something different on, in different mm-hmm. performances. Mm-hmm. Like really, really cool stuff. Thank you.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys for the invitation and the opportunity to play some music and just to be connected with the community, the artists, and also the, the audience that I know you have. Thank you so much, Miguel. Where actually
0: can our listeners go to hear you and purchase your music and follow your projects?
2: You can follow me, uh, Miguel Tejada Jazz, and Instagram, and uh, Miguel Tejada Jazz You can find me there. Um, I upload videos uh, from time to time I just to be connected with people and you know announcing some events that we might have around. You know, if the opportunity allows us, right? Well, listeners, look for those links on our
0: Inwood Artworks On Air website. Thank you again, Miguel. It's been a pleasure having you
2: here. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, listeners, for joining Jonathan and I today on this live and local episode of Inwood Artworks On Air, where we introduce you to the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment, please show us some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Uh, Tremendous thanks for all our friends here at 809 Restaurant and Lounge in Inwood NYC for hosting us and to heightsites.com for local uptown promotional support. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up with all that we do, including the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Alfresco, pop-up art galleries, live performances, and so much more. You can support on air and all our programming by making a tax-free donation at inwardartworks.nyc donate. Inwood Artworks On Air is made possible with funding from NYC and Company Foundation with support from Manhattan Borough President Gil Brewer and the NISCA Electronic Media and Film Grant Program in partnership with Wave Farm Media Arts Assistance Fund and the support of Governor Andrew Cuomo and the New York State Legislature. Thank you again for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims.
1: I'm Jonathan Bell.
0: For Inwood Artworks On Air.